Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. PFF Podcast is brought to you by True Car. Every car comes with its share of stories. That ding in your bumper when you nervously picked up a first date? The luxury package you got after a big promotion? Or the mileage you saved by riding your bike all summer? While you can't put a price tag on your stories, now with True Car you can at least find out what your car's worth when it's time to sell or trade it in. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch your car's details pop up. Then answer a few questions. Navigation and moonroof? Watch as they bump up your value. High mileage? You already knew it was going to cost you, but now you know how much it dings your wallet so you can plan ahead. Once you're finished, you'll get a true cash offer sent in minutes, which you could take to a local certified dealer to cash out or trade in. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. True cash offer not available in all areas. Welcome in to the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo back here with Mike Renner for our draft show of the week. We apologize for bringing it in on a Friday instead of a Thursday, but a hectic week with um, with interviews, Mike. Yes. I didn't get the uh, Bengals. Draft. Yeah, a few rounds I heard you made it through, yeah. but it's not – if you're not first, you're last, apparently. So Wow. No one's going to ever know. They said it was close. Yeah. And um, I thought I made a good pitch right here on the PFF NFL podcast earlier in the week for what I would do as Bengals defensive coordinator. But as they say – you know, they, the experience. They need to have like a Rooney rule for analytics people. Yes. Yeah, you got you to interview one analytics person every hire. Or that's else a great call. Count. Just like somebody who's completely unqualified, mm-hmm. like me. 
you have to get him in the mix there. Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's disappointing, but the experience was great, and I think that'll do me well yep. next time I'm going for another position that I'm completely unqualified for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But for now, I'm back. Um, I lost a little leverage in my PFF contract negotiation, <laughs> um, but we'll try to find some other options. I, I, I'll help you out, Steve. You need a recommendation for that. I'll gladly. You need. Are there any modeling options? I think <laughs> I might be able to put that in front of Neil as another opportunity uh, is that secretive or is that what secretive your your modeling career i don't know what you're talking about Steve, so i guess it is secretive you know instagram's public right <laughs> i do i saw some pictures i was featured on account with over 1.2 million followers steve so no big deal do you want to talk about it for no you I, a, i'd rather 30 this seconds. is a football podcast steve let's get back because for a minute there we had a, a text exchange with a few of our other colleagues and we couldn't figure out if you eloped or if you were modeling it was that uh time. yeah it was great there's good picks so you're not married no it's good to know uh we're not going to talk about bob craft today we're going to talk draft let's go um so what we did just just this morning mike we went through mm-hmm. put together the pff top 50 our initial top 50 on the draft board we're always kind of revamping this thing it's not strictly based off the grades the grades uh influence it quite a bit our eyeballs influence it quite a bit and and Essentially, um, we're evaluating players, trying to see what we think they're going to do at the NFL level. The grades are a huge component of it because we, now we have more and more data to rely upon and say, okay, look, he's good in this area, not good in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, we do take positional value into account. So I think in our board, um, you're going to see maybe quarterbacks. So we don't love the quarterbacks, so they're not going to be that high. But if we have to decide between a quarter, a, qu- a quarterback and maybe a tackle, we'll, we'll take the QB. Yes, we're going to be higher on them because of – they're just so much more valuable. They are, and, and they're, they're worth the risk, and um, corners are going to be a little bit higher if we really like them as well. So uh, the board isn't out until uh, early next week, but let's discuss some of the things, um, some of the places where maybe we differ okay. from the rest of maybe the draft world. So let's start with our number one player. Let's, let's discuss the debate at the top. Okay. We so, d- decided on Kyler Murray yes. at number one. I truthfully... We decided on it. I compromised to Kyler Murray at number one because, in my mind, so I look at it like this. If you're going to take a quarterback highly, you better feel confident that he's a franchise guy. And not just a franchise guy. I think you have to think he's capable of top five, top ten. You know, not, yeah. not Kirk Cousins sort of play. Not that, be, not that step below where it's good, but I think you want a guy who can carry you to a Super Bowl. For my money... Kyler Murray has those sort of traits, and especially when you factor in his running ability. I don't see Dwayne Haskins. For me, he caps out in that tier below, right. which at that point, then I'm not putting him at the top of my big board. Right. I, I don't see him being that guy. I think he can very well be in the Kirk Cousins range. I could foresee him being that sort of quarterback, which, again, has a ton of value. That's why you drafted highly. But to me, if you're a quarterback that is capable of being in that upper, upper echelon of QBs, that's when you can go number one. That's when you're that's number one in our big board. Yeah, so again, from an, from an eval standpoint, the guys that are two and three on this list, we feel better about them as players. Yes. From a value standpoint, Kyler Murray is our number one QB on the board. He's going to be uh, – nothing's going to change in that regard. The numbers are pointing toward him uh, being the top quarterback. Our eyeballs, uh, whether it's Zach Robinson, his um, you know opinion on it, or you know everyone else around the company. Not saying it's consensus, but you know we feel pretty good about Kyler Murray. Not as good as Baker Mayfield, but feel good about him at number one. Tell me about two or th- and two then or three two guys. and three. Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams. For in, for me, 
for them to bust, for them to not live up to and be at least high quality starters at the NFL level, injuries it would have to be injury wise or something off the field yeah. completely. They're on field. I have absolutely zero questions about them translating to the next level, being successful NFL players. At that point, that's why they're two and three. D- d- any player, regardless of position, if you were that to me, you would be two or three, maybe not running back. So the confidence thing. level and what they're going to do at the next level is uh, extremely high. Mm-hmm. Um, especially given what we've seen from our defensive line grades. Bosa has been an elite defensive lineman in our grades. Quinn and Williams had the best grade we've ever seen from an interior defensive lineman, so we feel good about those two guys. Um, Let's go to where. So Kyler's the first one where we really differ from the consensus. Give me some other names. What are some other guys that we feel better about than maybe the general consensus out there? Well, at number 11, checked in Jerry Tillery. Defensive tackle, Notre Dame. And yeah, that's a big one. Uh, Being a top 12 sort of talent in this draft class, above any of uh, only Jeffrey Simmons and Quinton Williams were higher on our defensive tackle list. And Simmons, we obviously are saying he tore his ACL early. We think he could even come back as a rookie with how early he tore his ACL. At that point, if you're not missing a whole year, we trust doctors, we trust rehab. We're not going to give our medical opinion on this guy. We think talent wise, that's where he deserves to be. But then Jerry Tillery for in my mind, is the best pass-rushing defense tackle in this class after Quinn and Williams. The most pass-rushing moves in this class, and I don't think he's going to be a great run defender, but again, you don't need to be a great run defender as long as you're solid in that regard. What he can do as a playmaker, what he can do in the passing game, is that valuable, in my opinion. Yeah, he can get after the QB. We're seeing, uh, I've seen him in the late first. I've seen him uh, in the second round in, in various uh, big board rankings and, and draft boards and all that. So um, the interesting thing him. with him is I've seen consistency being noted as a knock on him. And yes, early in his career, that was certainly the case this past season, though. Game in, game out. He was disruptive. There weren't games he took off. While he had like a majority of his sacks in the Stanford game, he had a ton of sacks in that game and didn't have sack production consistently throughout the year, he was still pressure production for you know in our grading. Very consistent. Yeah, you know how I, I don't love the consistency. Mm-hmm argument because yeah. we have every snap and if the grade still comes out on top then yeah you're then probably you're, you're okay consistent. like yeah. we talked about last week uh the the two cornerbacks that i said we'd be a little bit higher on some than others greedy williams and byron murphy uh greedy williams from lsu byron murphy from washington uh we have murphy at six williams at nine um again i don't know that we feel like they're you know it's it's tough to say that they're slam dunk corners but they're good enough the value uh in the top 10 makes a ton of sense uh, other people have them more at the bottom end of the first round. Greedy Williams' grade wasn't as great this past year, um, but I think I tweeted this out recently. When you just look at our three-year grades, um, and that's uh, what I, I love about the database that we have now is mm-hmm. we've got these guys' entire career. Um, taking the last three years, it's DeAndre Baker from Georgia, Byron Murphy from Washington, Greedy Williams, all very close to each other in overall grade. Um, very different styled corners, but guys we're all going to say are going in the top 10 or top 10 players in this draft. Yeah, the Byron Murphy to me is he's the best quarterback cornerback in this draft. I think he's the or safest cornerback in this draft. I could foresee someone being better down the line, but he has the, uh, you know, the change of direction ability that you love at the cornerback position. The athleticism checks all those sort of boxes. Yes, he's undersized. May not be a press man corner, but zone still, you know, zone and off coverage is still what you'll see more. Uh, of any coverage at the NFL level. So I think any sort of scheme that's zone heavy, he is your guy. He is your top corner on your board because he's so good in off coverage, so good at breaking on routes that I think that just 
that automatically translates to the next level. That sort of instincts and athleticism translates to the next level. So many plays where he just plays with his eyes on the QB, and that's um, yeah, it's very much going to be scheme dependent. I like Greedy Williams as a press man corner. I like Murphy in zone, like you said. I like DeAndre Baker maybe as the best hybrid of the two. Uh, you mentioned Tillery, and then Andre Dillard. I don't know if we're higher on him than others. I've seen more mid-first round type stuff for him, but a guy that's been excellent in pass protection at Washington State, and we know that's the most important thing for offensive tackles. I feel like the rest of these offensive tackles beyond, say, Jonah Williams come with some question marks when it comes to pass pro, and I think that moves Dillard a tick above some of the others. Yeah, he has a handful of different sets that he utilized at Washington State. Very adept at all of them and has the best first punch of any of these tackles in this draft class. Super long arms. Just stones, stone walls, pass rushers in their tracks, and he just didn't have. Even though he had gave up a handful of pressures this year, some of them came on stunts. Just didn't have any ugly, ugly reps that some of these guys did. He pretty much never gets himself in bad positions as a tackle. You know, never really ends up whiffing for air. So for that reason, I think he's the best. It's the second best tackle in this class after Jonah Williams. And then Dalton Reisner, a guy that we're still higher on than most, but I think between Dalton Reisner and Jawan Taylor from Florida, uh, Reisner, of course, goes to Kansas State. Between those two guys, feel better about them in the run game than in pass protection. My only question with Reisner is, you know, was he, he wasn't really challenged in the Big 12, had some ugly reps at the Senior Bowl, even though overall he was pretty good. Um, I really, really want to love him because the production was outstanding, but you kind of have to adjust it because of the Big 12. Yeah, he just he doesn't have the foot speed that... The other guys have on this list, Juwan Taylor, Dillard, Jonah Williams. He just doesn't have that sort of quicks. And on the edge, he was holds up great against power. I mentioned the Montez Sweat game before, how he so won strong. that matchup You know, in a powerful, long edge rusher like Montez Sweat, who's getting first-round hype himself, wins that matchup. But if he go, when he goes to senior bowl, sees some guys with quicks, all of a sudden he looks like a fish out of water. Quickness is going to give him an issue. Teams may see him as a guard. I think he still hold up a tackle, but... Uh, that's why he's a notch below these guys. One our, other guy I want to mention, Will Greer, the quarterback from West Virginia. Is this your upside quarterback in the uh, in the draft, Mike? Oof. I love you saying upside there because, With again, shorter, no one knows okay what it means. Guy. Literally doesn't have a big arm. No one else would call him an upside quarterback, but he's accurate. And has been accurate at you know all levels of the football field in our quarterback charting. And as you said, the analytics point to those being good indicators of NFL success. So we think you know he has upside. Oh, he has this because he's accurate at throwing a football, but still there are question marks. And I go back to the Senior Bowl, which he just—it was bad. I don't want to overrate the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl. I know like, you just—you come to perform there. It's more of a pressure. It's more of how you react to the pressure of this situation being your biggest job interview yet. And he did not react well. And just to compare to to what Baker Mayfield did last year, the whole like tick every box mm-hmm. uh, concept. Baker did that. You know, his off field. Uh, what other people called antics, we looked at it and said, man, that type of confidence looks great. Senior Bowl, Baker played well. Mm-hmm. Everything else played well. So if you're Will Greer grading well in our system, if we saw that good week at the Senior Bowl and he just kept ticking every box yeah. along the way, you'd feel a little better about him. But um, I still think maybe if he's a back end of the first, if you're talking about the Saints, well, the Saints don't have the first round pick anymore, but the Patriots are looking for their next guy to develop. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind Will Greer as that guy if I'm a team looking to develop someone um, maybe more than I would want Daniel Jones, and you know who yeah. looks like an upside quarterback. Well, again, because you bigger. go to all the quarterbacks who have been late rounders, developed into you know elite or high level quarterbacks. Tony Romo, uh, Tom Brady, those sort of guys. Do they have cannons? Like, even Dak. Would it, even Dak, Dak yeah, as a would, fourth rounder. Did they have 
very strong arms and all of a sudden figured out how to throw accurately. No, figure, they're yeah, accurate I, and all of a sudden figured out how. Who are the guys that have done that? Where are right. the Logan Thomases, the Christian Hackenbergs, the guys who hack? Uh, uh, not we're not picking on Hack again. Okay. He doesn't even have a big arm. But I, but where I are the guys that had big arms that figured it out late? Mm-hmm. Exactly. The John Skeltons. <laughs> that was John Skelton. Oh, Cannon. Gosh. No idea where it's going. Yeah. Guess what happened in the NFL? Cannon. No Still idea where up. it's going. All right. Which guys are we lower on? Because um, we have some unique draft boards. Um, a lot of our stuff's going to look a lot like everyone else's because you know. Good football players generally yeah. rise to the top, um, but we definitely have some guys way lower than other people ex- are expecting. But there are also going to be a lot of guys who are just volatile prospects who some people like and don't because, you know, depending on the game, they're just inconsistent at the moment. And when you're inconsistent in college, some people are going to see the game where you played poorly, and some people are going to see the games where you played well and say, oh, you know, I can harness that well. Some people will see the games they played poorly and say, oh, that's what he's going to be at the next level. We sort of, we, take the grades more the breadth we have all the games so we say oh he, over all his games he wasn't that good that's why we're probably lower on some of these guys you, you weren't here last week but sam and i went pretty in depth about what we do versus traditional scouting and that yeah. basic concept i thought we that that was a fun little mm-hmm. discussion about you know the four game sample the six game sample yeah. versus us having every single snap and so rashawn gary is kind of the poster boy for that in terms of you see reps on tape where you think oh my lord like he picks up offensive tackles off the ground sometimes Oh, if he can do that every single time, he's worth a top five pick. Yes, if he can harness that, he's worth that top five pick that he's being rumored to go. But the amount of times he does it, the consistency with which he does it, is not even close to being willing for us to invest top five pick. He's you know later in our top fifty. If and when he crushes the combine, mm-hmm. does that change your mind on him at all? No, it's again, it's your point. You're about to say it. I know. Don't check athleticism twice. Don't you know? Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not yeah. trying to. I'm you, already saw it on you, t- but you already saw the athleticism on tape. Right. It's not going to... If, you know, if, if we're going to look at athleticism at the Combine, there are certain positions where it matters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There are certain positions, you know, if, if a corner runs a 4-8, you know, you're going you're gonna to do a double yeah. take on him. If an edge rusher puts up ridiculous numbers, you might go back and try to, you mm-hmm. know, talk yourself into him. I just want to see if... Are we going to talk ourselves into Rashawn Gary? And, um, you know, our valuations aren't final, but... Um, we see him more as a second-round type of prospect. I, I, I don't see myself changing my mind on him and putting him in a first-round mock over these next couple of months, even if he breaks. No, I mean, like I've watched all his snaps from this past season, and I just could not feasibly get on yeah. board with him. Uh, Daniel Jones, another guy that we're higher on. He's not making our top 50 initially. Um, I don't know if he'll break it. We're going to probably have him as an early third-round type of player. Um, when, when we talk about developmental type of players, I don't think he's um, – He's not inaccurate to the point where he's broken or anything like that. He's, he is inconsistent from snap to snap. And when we do talk about developmental prospects, the thing I will say for Daniel Jones is we've seen him get better. We've seen him take this step. He's still fairly young, um, and he has some NFL type of tools. So I don't think, again, using Hackenberg as the extreme example, I don't think this is a Hackenberg, you know, unfixable situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Daniel Jones risk of trying to get him to become an NFL quarterback is a good risk in the third round rather than the first or second. Yeah, exactly. If you're taking him in the top 15, you're saying he's starting for you for two years. Is you, you know, if you're taking him t- first round, right. again, like there's only been a handful of first round quarterbacks that haven't started at quarterback for the team for multiple seasons. They haven't made it all the way through their, you know, rookie contract with the team. It just rarely happens. But when, so you're forcing a guy who you have major concerns about into a starting role right away. It just doesn't seem like 
that's going to work out. That's why we're saying third round is where uh, he might not even see the field over the course of his rookie contract in the third round. That's where we'd be more comfortable uh, developing a guy like that. That's where I liked a guy like Mike Glennon a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And I think he went third round. So. Yeah. yeah. But, that's, but there, were, that's but there right was, there was first round hype for Mike Glennon. At one point, he's a guy that put together some reasonable starts. Yeah, and that's the thing. You hope that you just can increase that consistency. And I think that's where that's a third rounder is worth uh, a backup quarterback who can come in and maybe win you a game when your starter gets hurt, play some adequate football. Like a Nick Foles. That's worth a third rounder. Yes, that's worth a third rounder. That's where you should draft those guys. You shouldn't just push them up all of a sudden because, oh, you know, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl now. Oh, those guys are now all of a sudden more valuable. No, they're not. They're still not worth the first rounders. All right, a couple of the guys that we are lower on. Ed Oliver, we're going to have right around 22. Of course, he's still getting top 10 hype. I think people are souring on him enough that we're, we're, we'll, I think those are merging, our takes yes. versus the community's take. Uh, Greg Little, I think his stock's really been all over the place, depending on who he's you talk He's another guy who's been all about, over the place, yes. Talk to. Uh, Drew Locke, he's getting top 10 hype. Mm-hmm. We're going to have him bottom end of the first round um, just because he's, he's a step below Haskins in our world. And... Um, Again, there's um let's let's just say this. There's a breadth of uh outcomes essentially in player evaluation. And not just college to pro, but NFL year to year. Mm-hmm. You know, like when a, a player's something year one, there's a range of outcomes the next year for what he's going to be. He's not going to be the same exact guy from a production standpoint. He'll be within a range, right? The Drew Lock range is just way lower than we like to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a small percentage chance that he hits this high end and a much bigger percentage chance that he hits this below average NFL quarterback range, which is like, all right, when do you really take that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. The quarterback value aspect or the quarterback where you draft quarterbacks is a very interesting conversation because uh, we always say, you know, quarterback's so much more valuable, quarterback's so much more valuable, but it's a position where you don't want to be like just having an average quarterback is not actually that valuable. Like it, it's not necessarily. Even though it might be worth more wins above replacement than Aaron Donald, the thirteenth best quarterback, might be worth more wins above replacement. Uh, you can't. You can't get to. You can't get a defensive tackle that's even close to Aaron Donald. Yeah, you don't uh, want to saddle you know, yourself to that exactly, quarterback, right? Exactly. So that's what I'm getting. So, at. It's difficult to sort of parse that out. So I would say lock. So in a perfect world, lock is the guy. For again, I'm using the Patriots as an example, but you could say the Saints if they had the pick. The team that's looking to have a guy sit, um, even if the Steelers don't believe in Mason Rudolph, do they want the next guy to mm-hmm. sit, see who the replacement's going to be for Big Ben, whoever it is, the, the Chargers, the next guy for Phillip Rivers, right? Um, I feel like Drew Locke's in that range, where if I was one of those teams, and he's, a, he's, a, he's like, say, an average quarterback, and you can try to develop him, because mm-hmm. there still is a chance that he could develop. Mm-hmm. It might be low, but but it doesn't. But you're not tied to him. Yes. Right. So you want to give him a chance. So like if Andy Dalton had a chance to just like maybe become elite as a, while he's while he's sitting behind someone. I'm just using an example, yeah. right? Yeah. You would you would take that chance, mm-hmm. knowing that you could always get the next guy. You know, it's a tough. Yes. It's really a tough like Andy place Dalton to went where he should have gone. Yeah, realistically. He did. I think and, so. and that's where quarterbacks like that should go, uh, because. One, they don't always hit. And two, when they do hit, it's not exceptionally so, high-end. I thought Geno Smith, right? So the Jets mm-hmm. took Geno Smith in the second. It was their third pick of the draft. They had two first-rounders and then drafted mm-hmm. Geno Smith. And even though Geno Smith didn't pan out, I thought, it was a, I thought it was an excellent use of a draft pick. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You say, oh, you lost your second-round pick, but that is the type of risk-reward that you might want to take 
on a quarterback in the second. They were never truly tied to him as the starter. You just see what you get, and then you move on if you have yeah. to quickly. But I feel like the whole conversation about quarterback value, passing game being so much more important, is pushing the guys that used to go there in that range just pushing them higher up. Right. So Drew Locke will very potentially go top ten, mm-hmm. as people say. All right, two Mississippi State guys that were lower on Montez Sweat on the edge, Jonathan Abram at safety. Um, I think both guys just had issues from a production standpoint. Sweat. I mean, you're really low on him compared yes, to others, and you're our, uh, you're our edge defender guru here. Yeah, so I get he has his long arms. I get that he's fairly explosive for his size, but that only gets you so far. Offensive tackles in the NFL are very strong and very big and have long arms. You have to they have do. something else to be able to scare them, and at this point, I don't think Montez Sweat has that something else that scares me. Yeah, it, look, again, if you, haven't, if you haven't rushed the passer at a high level in college— on a snap-for-snap basis, we've rarely seen the jump at the next level. Yeah. And he had that one rep at the Senior Bowl that everyone highlighted. And again, it was just a bull rush through a college offense tackle. And even a you know, smaller college, it was Ty- Tyus Howard, the Alabama State guy. So he's not even close to uh, you know, NFL level at this point, NFL ready at this point. No. That was his one rep. And even just in terms of his win rate at the Senior Bowl was not that good in the one-on-ones. No more one-play scouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweat, most recently in Mel Kuyper's mock draft, number five. To Yikes. the Tampa Bay Bucks, I think that would also no, be, that would be no. too high. As far as Abram goes, I think he's another like a Rashawn Gary. He's made uh, Feldman's freak list. Mm-hmm. He's really fast. I feel like he could be the guy that he didn't grade well for us. He had two exceptional games in the grading. I think we can maybe post something about that in the future and show how like his high end. Mm-hmm. But overall, in his career, did not grade well. But I could also see him in that Keanu Neal role where he just plays the simplistic, simplistic, strong it. safety role where he uses his athleticism and flies to the ball. So I think in the right scheme, maybe you get something out of him, but I'm not ready to put him in That's the fair. first round like some other people are. And then let's just discuss from a running back standpoint, the top running back on our draft board, by the way, to the dismay of George and Eric, mm-hmm. the fact that we put him even this high, Josh Jacobs from Alabama, who is getting top five hype as well, top 10 hype. And we've put him at 41. So this is one of those, Mike, where we're going to get trashed by normal football people for putting our top running back at 41. And then we're going to get trashed in the building by our numbers guys for putting yeah. him as high as 41. They're mm-hmm. like, no, put him in the fourth round. Don't care how good he is. But Josh Jacobs is a very good running back as a yes. player. He's very and then it, But then again, it comes down to you can take Josh Jacobs – uh, well, I've seen him top 10. I've seen him right. you know, mock to the top 10. You can take Josh Jacobs there. You'll get a good running back. We believe he's a good running back. He has receiving skills as well. But then you could also get David Montgomery at 50. Or yeah. Devin, Devin Singletary, Singletary at 60. You get one of those guys there, far less investment, and the incremental difference is negligible. Right. You know, Dave Montgomery after the after the catch is absurdly good. He broke 23 tackles a couple of years ago on only 36 catches. He is great in space. He's our the most elusive running back we've seen. So that sort of difference in, uh, in talent ability or difference in production that you'll get from those two just does not warrant drafting guy that highly. Yeah, and if you guys want more information on why we hate running backs, I thought Eric Eager did a really nice job uh, writing about Zeke Elliott because everybody's asking about our Zeke grades this year and there's a difference between our grades and value but even the grades were lower because he had six fumbles which is absurd yeah. for a running back that's way too high that pulled him down quite a bit but even when eric dove in through the numbers there actually wasn't anything special about him as a running back compared to what his run blocking was so the point we try to make is i think zeke is an extremely talented running back there is a difference in running back talent but it does not always 
come across in running back production. That is the biggest issue. The difference in talent does not match the difference in production. That's the simplest way of saying running backs don't matter. Everybody likes to mm-hmm. get this extreme running backs don't matter thing. That's what they're saying. There are a lot of guys who are big and fast and elusive. Yeah. There just are a lot. But there's also slow guys there's not a lot who, if the run blocking is good, will get also, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that's, that's the other issue, too, is you're also dependent on your, yeah. on your, surrounding, uh, your, on your surroundings more than other positions. That's the whole running back argument. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a few more minutes here. It's going to be a, a, a quick one today because we're going to be going live or yes. almost live. Mm-hmm. Live to tape, as they call it in the industry, on Sirius. Don't forget, Mike and I, on Sirius Radio every Friday night on the NFL channel. That's channel 88 from 7 to 9, uh, discussing a Prime lot time. of this same stuff. Um, there were a couple things in the Mel Kuyper mock I just want to run by you quickly. Mm-hmm. You've got Rashawn Gary at 4 to the Oakland Raiders. We keep saying this is the one that shows up in everybody's mock draft that I think would be yeah. a mistake. Obviously, we just talked about Gary. Montez Sweat at 5 to the Bucks. We think that might be a mistake. TJ Hawkinson to the Lions. We like Hawkinson quite a bit as a player. You detest tight ends in the first round. I mean, in the top 10, they're really Lions risky. Lions fans know why I detest tight ends in the first round. Because well, you draft Eric Ebron over Aaron Donald. And let him walk, and he gets yeah. 15 touchdowns. Yeah, that one's just not happening, I'll just say. But what about the Lions passing on a cornerback? I mean, they need to mm-hmm. start with that pass defense first and then work forward. Greedy Williams, DeAndre Baker, Byron Murphy. Not necessarily all of them, but Greedy Williams, I think, would be yeah. a great fit. Well, yeah, as a cornerback or pass rusher. Uh, obviously, in this draft, they went a lot of pass rushers early, and they didn't have one, but they have to address one. Of, there's gonna, they have to address one of those two positions because, one, the value's going to be there, right. and, two, it's such a huge need. I think it's going to be one of those. Very risky if they're taking a tight end. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Buffalo Bills at number nine, he, he, he goes with DK Metcalf. So Metcalf's a guy that we said, look, the production doesn't match the hype, but the more we watch him, he'll probably end up with a first-round grade from us. Um, he does do first-round type of things. Oh, man, I, I could see, this would be an interesting one to the Bills when you talk about helping out Josh Allen, his deep mm-hmm. speed, and Allen's ability to get the ball down the field. I wouldn't hate this pick for the Bills, DK Metcalf. Yeah, I think he's a better version, or what they wanted you know, Calvin Benjamin to be. When you have someone like Josh Allen, I think you want a sort of jump ball, contested catch receiver, because he's not going to, even on his deep balls, he's not going to be hitting you in stride right. every time. You're going to have to adjust a little bit for Josh Allen. He's got a big catch radius. But like, yeah, but DK, Matt, DK Metcalf has that and has speed and has strength to win at the catch point. Kelvin Benjamin did not have a vertical jump. Kelvin Benjamin could not get down the field fast enough. You know, so for even. So, so this know. is not even a debate here. I, I do think, though, this class offers a lot of those type of players. If I'm the Bills... I'm not. I'd rather address that on the wrap in the second round than right there in the top ten. Because again, defense is this draft's strength. Um, I know they have a great pass defense in Buffalo, and mm-hmm. everybody wants to rebuild the offense. But Byron Murphy, as a zone corner, going to that zone yeah. scheme opposite Tre'Davious White, and then Would maybe circling back in the second, third round and stocking up on playmakers, whether mm-hmm. it's wide receivers, tight ends, whatever it is, I think would be a fantastic strategy for yeah. the Bills. It's like you can't. Who doesn't want a better pass defense? I get being like a very no, good pass too many defense, corners. but who doesn't want being better at pass defense? You never, you can literally never have too many corners, correct, on your team. All right, man, it was a quick one today. Was, um, but you know that was our draft board. Check it out over at ProFootballFocus.com. It'll be up uh, early next week. Next week we're all going to the NFL Combine. We're going to have a ton of fun content coming out of there. We're bringing the cameras. I'm going to be recording some of the stuff behind the scenes. We have meetings with all 32 NFL team clients. We're going to try to bring you guys some of that 
um, as much as we possibly can. We'll do some daily recaps and all that fun stuff. Our combine week is a little bit earlier than all the workouts, but we'll try to get, get you guys behind the scenes on some of that. We'll keep the podcast schedule. Uh, I'll be back here Monday with Sam, and uh, you and I are going to go do some serious radio right now, so tune in if you guys, um, you know, every single Friday night, 7 mm-hmm. to 9, the PFF show. Like I said, turn around at the bar. Turn out the bar. Yeah. Ask, the ask them to do it. Yep. All right. And everybody will <laughs> listen. We'll be we'll be famous. Well, you're already. Thank you. The number fifteen bachelor and a, a model. So thank you. Can you tell me can you tell everybody what you're doing Monday nope. night? Let's just keep going. Let's end the show. How much of your life am I allowed to tell the public? Not not any of that. All right. All we right. won't tell anybody. That's it. We'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did go check out kyler murray and his nfl debut that's my favorite thing about nfl game pass you can go back and watch at any time and if you haven't watched a condensed game yet you have to try it out it's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire nfl game in the fraction of the time it normally takes it's how i'm able to follow all the mvp candidates all the breakout stars and of course your waiver wire pickups all season long to see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.